0: Good evening, Mercy Culture. It took a minute, but we got there. How are you guys? My name is Les, and I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco. It's such an honor and privilege to have you worshiping with us tonight here in the tent. We're not gonna let the heat stop us, we go hard. For those of you who don't know, listen, these air conditioners are working as hard as they can, we've got water for you there in the back, but for those of you who don't know, we own the building right there next door to us. And we are in the process of remodeling that facility and that process is going well and we've got all of our permits situated and done and we will start in earnest, I think next week, maybe the week after. (laughs) And it's going to move along very quickly. And they tell me we will be in that building by the first of the year. So we have a goal to have a Christmas Eve service right over there. So come on. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I want to welcome you guys to, to Mercy Culture Church and remind you of the vision of Mercy Culture is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. How many of you enjoyed that corporate encounter we just had? Come on. Come on. What does that mean? Our vision simply means that it's never been the goal of our church to have good church services. It's never been the goal of our church to build a big church but the goal is that you could and would encounter the presence of the Lord just like we did corporately every day in your own home. Because we know that corporate encounters with God change your life and daily encounters with the Lord sustain your life. And if you want to live a life after the Lord and in obedience to God, you have to meet with him every single day. And I believe that the church has done a disservice over the years, and we've, we've sort of implied to people that the only way that they can truly connect with God is the way that the pastor connects with the Lord, or the way that the worship leader connects with God. But here at Mercy Culture, we believe that there is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. But in Jesus, there are many ways to connect with the Lord. And what that means is some of you connect with God through worship like we just experienced. Some of you connect with God by reading the word. Some of you connect with God through conversation. Some of you like to get out and run or or it's through an artistic expression or whatever it may be. There are many ways that you can connect to the Lord. And we want to help you discover the way that you best connect with God. And the way that we do that is through a process that we call MC Connect. And MC Connect is your first step to becoming a part of Mercy Culture Church to serving, to joining this community. But it's not only the place that you will learn about our vision, about our unique characteristics, our leadership standards, and our values, but it's also the place that you can discover how you best connect with with God. It is the way that we help to disciple people. That's the way we disciple others. And Uh, We just want to encourage you, you can text the word CONNECT to 59090, you're going to get a link sent back to you, there are videos that you can watch, and then you have a one-on-one CONNECT appointment, where you do a quick assessment, and you can learn how you best connect with the Lord, and we will help develop for you a personalized CONNECT with God daily personal encounter plan, that you can begin to encounter the Lord just like we did here today, every single day in your life, and I promise you, it'll change your life. If you like my notes today, everything that's in front of me can be sent to you. Just text the word notes to 59090, and and you can get a link back sent to you with all of my notes. Today, I'm continuing our our series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're talking about expanding spiritual territory through the gift of different kinds of tongues. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. And he preached, saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I've come to tell you tonight that the gift of different kinds of tongues expands spiritual territory. Let's pray. So, Father, we welcome you into this tent tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you are already here. Father, we recognize your presence. Lord, I thank you, Father, that nobody came to hear me, but we all came to hear you. And Lord, we just ask that you would speak because your servants are listening tonight. Father, I lay down at this altar, comparison, performance, and the need to impress. God, we haven't come here to perform for anybody. I haven't come here to, to impress anybody, but Lord, let your words be spoken tonight, and let our hearts receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 At Mercy Culture Church, the prophetic word for 2022 over our church is the year of expanding territory. It is a First Chronicles 410 year. We've been declaring this over our families and over ourselves every single day. I encourage you, if you haven't done so, be praying this prayer over your family every day. It says, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge and expand my territory. You put your hand of favor upon me. Keep me from all harm and evil that it might not bring me pain. We can, we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the way the gifts of the Spirit expand spiritual territory. And we've been in this series for a few weeks now and we've learned about the nine gifts of the Spirit. I want to run through quickly just to a brief definition of these gifts. So first we have the gift of wisdom. Wisdom is the supernatural application of God's word. Knowledge, the supernatural ability to know and understand the mysteries of heaven. Faith, the ability to believe God for the impossible. Healing, the journey of wholeness of a person's mind, body, or spirit to operate in the way God intended. Miracles, or supernatural power, is the manifestation of the impossible. Prophecy, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to edify, warn, announce or reveal the future discerning between the spirits the ability to know by what spirit a person is motivated the ability to know what spirit is in operation tongues the ability to pray the mysteries of God and strengthen the spirit of man through a heavenly language and the interpretation of tongues the supernatural ability to understand and receive revelation from a language you did not learn Let's talk about the five W's of the gifts of the Spirit. So first, who are they for? First 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says they're for everyone. What are the gifts of the Spirit for? They are spiritual tools to advance the kingdom of heaven or to expand spiritual territory. Where are these gifts from? They are from God. When were they given? These gifts were given after Jesus ascended on the day of Pentecost. And why are they important? It is the power, somebody say power, power to expand spiritual territory. So everybody take a deep breath. Breathe out. We're going to talk about speaking in tongues tonight. All right. Gasp. I know this is one of those gifts of the Spirit that can be controversial, and some of y'all might be squirming in your chairs a little bit, but I, I hope, I believe that the Lord has spoken me tonight, that he's going to have me to deliver some theological truth that will overcome some theological lies that we have been taught and believed, and then at the end of this, that God is going to release the gift of the Holy Spirit through speaking in tongues. And for some of you, he's going to give you a renewed or a brand new desire for this gift. And for others, he's going to reveal the power that this gift holds that you've had all along and you just didn't know it. So somebody asked me, is this a Pentecostal church? That's a loaded question. There's a lot that goes into that. Anybody know who Pastor Robert Morris is? Pastor Robert Morris is one of um, our overseers here at Mercy Culture Church, and Pastor Robert uh, uh, Gateway Church actually planted Mercy Culture three years ago in Fort Worth at our Fort Worth campus, and Pastor Robert says all the time, he says, you know, when when the Lord started to speak to him about becoming Pentecostal and about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he said, I don't want to be Pentecostal. He said, I'm either going to have to marry a woman that wears no makeup at all or way too much. Listen, Pentecostalism has nothing to do with what you wear or how much makeup you wear or don't wear. It has nothing to do with how long or how short your hair is. It has nothing to do with whether you have a beard or you don't have a beard. Pentecostalism comes from the word Pentecost, or in, in the Hebrew, it's, or in the Greek, it's Pentecoste, and it just simply means the 50th day. Pentecost is the second of the three great Jewish feasts. This is the day that Jewish people celebrate when the word of God, or the Torah, and the Ten Commandments were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. It is called Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, and it is a celebration of the law and of Torah. It was given on Pentecost. We find it in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. Pentecost is also in Acts chapter two. This is where the Holy Spirit was imparted to the New Testament church. This was the birthing or the beginning of the New Testament church. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verse one. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." We see in the Bible in Acts chapter one, Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit in power. In Acts chapter two, the disciples of Jesus were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter three, Peter preaches in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that day, 3,000 people were saved and the church was birthed. Because the church of Jesus Christ was birthed through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now before we begin, and we begin to dive into this, I want to apologize to you first. I want to apologize to you for people that have misrepresented this gift of the Spirit. I want to apologize on behalf of the church for people that have made the gifts of the Holy Spirit weird. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. People always pick on the Holy Spirit. They talk about how the Holy Spirit's so weird and people are weird. Well, you ever been to a Renaissance fair? Listen. It, it, It ain't the Holy Spirit. People are weird. People dress up in furry costumes and go to conferences. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People have. Taken the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they put their weirdness to it. Listen, the people that are weird with the Holy Spirit, guess what? They would be weird without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power that we need to expand heaven's territory. That's why there is so much resistance against against the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and there is specifically resistance against this gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to ask you to tell us who, but raise your hand if you've ever had a spiritual leader, a pastor, a small group leader tell you that the gift of tongues is not available to you today. Most of us in this room have heard that at least one time in our lives. Because the gift of speaking in other tongues is a secret to spiritual growth. The most spiritual people that you know are praying in the Holy Ghost. Here at Mercy Culture Church, people receive this gift all the time. We see it happening since the church Mercy Culture was birthed three years ago in Fort Worth. And even in the few short weeks that we've been a church here in the city of Waco, we see people receiving this gift all the time. Just a few weeks ago, somebody came up to my wife at the altar and she said, hey, uh, what are these people doing? She was like, y'all say pray in the Holy Ghost, and people start praying. What's happening? And she said, it's the gift of tongues. It's the gift of the Spirit. She said, I want that. And Nikki just laid hand on her and said, Lord, she's desiring this gift. Would you give it to her? And she began to pray in the Holy Spirit. People receive this gift here at Mercy Culture all the time because God is waiting to give his gifts to his people. The Bible describes this gift as the gift of speaking in various kinds of tongues, the simplified definition is just the ability to pray, speak messages, mysteries of God, and strengthen the spirit of a man through a heavenly language. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. This is where the Bible describes this gift as various kinds of tongues. In the Amplified version, it says this, to another various kinds of unknown tongues. And the NIV just says different kinds of tongues. That word different or various is the word "iēnos" uh, in the Greek, and it just means race, kind, nation, offspring, a category of things distinguished by some common characteristic or quality. And the gift of speaking in other tongues is broken up into two broad categories, a public tongue and a personal prayer language. This is where there's a lot of confusion within the body of Christ, that there are actually two categories of this gift. Let's talk about the public tongue first. A public tongue is a word from God in tongues or a spiritual coded language used to give words from God and needs understanding or interpretation. And within the category of public tongues, there are actually two types of public tongue. The first is a word spoken in a new or unknown language. We see this in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Now this is where the disciples of Jesus are waiting for the Holy Spirit to be sent to them. They have seen Jesus ascend to heaven. And he told them, don't be afraid, fear not. Don't worry. Don't be sad because I'm going to be with my father, but I'm going to leave for you the Holy Spirit, the comforter. He told them, I'm going to leave the same power that is within me for you. It's going to be accessible to all of you. So his disciples gathered together in one room. They began to seek the Lord and ask for this Holy Spirit. And we see it says, now they're dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. This is that part in the scripture that says there was a sound like a mighty rush, rushing wind and the people of God were bewildered, why? Because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language and they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us hear it in our own native language. And verse 11 says, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So imagine you are in a room filled with people that, that speak a lot of different languages. And all they're all nationalities in this one room. People began to pray and every person in the room hears what they're praying in their own native tongue. I would venture to say that you would probably also be bewildered. It's a biblical word for freaking out. (laughs) Like what is going on? And what happened was the Lord began to interpret their personal prayer language and people began to hear as they were praying in tongues in their own language. I've actually experienced this myself. I was ministering in the nation of India and when I was there, there was a woman who was pastoring a church, which is already highly unusual in the nation of India to have a female pastor and she actually began to pastor because Jesus came to her in a vision and spoke to her and preached the gospel to her and she lived in the jungles of India, never heard the gospel of Jesus. He spoke to her and she began to just tell people what Jesus said and hundreds of people in her village started getting saved. And the elders, the Hindu elders of her village, gathered together a mob of 200 men. And they got got steel and lead pipes. And they gathered together in a mob as she was preaching. And they marched on the stage and they started beating her, 200 people, with lead pipes. And she tells this story. She was telling me through an interpreter that she crouched down and they were beating her, 200 people, with lead pipes. And she said it felt like tennis balls were barely touching her body. She said she realized I'm not bruised, I'm not bleeding, this doesn't hurt, so she just stood up. And when she did, the Hindu elders were bewildered. (laughs) And they just fell down on the ground and they started to worship her. They thought she was a god. And she said, no, I'm not a god, but let me tell you about Jesus. And all 200 of those elders got saved. (laughs) And now she has a church of 2,000 people in the middle of the jungles of India. And I was ministering at her church. It's one of the most powerful expressions of the presence of God I've ever felt. And she was slain in the spirit. What does that mean? It just means that the presence of God was so powerful she could no longer stand. And she fell out. Somebody said, I don't believe in that. Okay, well, she, it happened to her. And she fell out and she was laying on her back, kicking her arms and legs. And she said, oh, nation of Israel. She began to prophesy over the nation of Israel in perfect English. And I looked at the bishop who was over a couple of hundred churches in India I was traveling with. They called him Rajubai. I said, Rajubai, does she speak English? He looked at me like, an, like I was an idiot. Uh, Who is this crazy white boy? He said, we are in the jungle. Do you think she learned English in the jungle? And I said, well, she's prophesying over, over Israel in perfect English. And he said, this is in the Bible. You do not believe the Bible? I felt about that big at that moment. The tone of his voice was, why did I let you preach in this church and you don't even believe in the Bible? Because they are believing for the supernatural. Do you know why? Because no one told them that they couldn't. But we in the Western Church have become so comfortable in our professional Christianity that we have rejected the gifts of the Spirit because it is something that we simply don't understand. But God wants to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to expand his kingdom and territory and to go beyond what you and I could ever comprehend. And the second, the second category of public tongues is a prophetic word given in tongues that requires an interpretation for understanding. In pre-service prayer today, we experienced that. Laura Lynn was leading us in pre-service prayer. By the way, we pray at 5 p.m. before service. You're welcome to join us if you want to. And she was, we have church, let me tell you. <laughs> She was leading us in pre-service prayer, and she began to pray in the Holy Spirit. It just came up in my spirit. She's prophesying. And the Lord began to give me the words in English, what she was praying in the Holy Spirit. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. And Paul is saying, "When they sh- what, uh, "'What then shall we say, brothers?' When you come together, everyone has a psalm or a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done to build up the church. Verse 27 says, and if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak in turn, and some must interpret. But if there is no interpreter, he should remain silent in the church and speak only to himself and God. What is Paul doing? Paul is bringing order to a disorderly church of Corinth. We will dive into the order that Paul is bringing here in a moment, but Paul is talking about the category of public tongue that requires an interpretation. It is a time that God may use an individual to pray in their heavenly language to deliver a word that they or someone else may interpret in the native language. The second category of tongues is a private tongue or a personal prayer language. This is what we mean when we say pray in the Holy Spirit. I want to give you a warning tonight don't compare your tongue to anybody else's. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, your prayer language is a language just like any other. You will grow and learn and expand in that language. Be careful not to compare your prayer language to anybody else's. I'm reminded when I was seven years old is the time that I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit. I actually don't have uh, a salvation memory until I was older in life. I veered away from the Lord because of hurt and pain, and I'll share that testimony some other time. But when I was a kid, I don't remember that salvation experience, but I remember when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I went away to youth camp, and uh, you think it's hot in here go to Texas Church of God State Youth Camp, let me tell you something, in 19 or something. And and it was time the altar. and I went down to the altar, and they were praying for me, and we were travailing, and I began to just, my, my lips started moving, I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. I remember going to the gym afterwards for a little afterglow, and I was just overwhelmed with the presence of God, and I used what's called a payphone. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but it was actually a phone connected to a wall. You had to put money into it, and I called my parents, and I said, Mom, Dad, I got the Holy Ghost tonight. The next night, it, I went back to that gym, I picked up that pay phone, I called them a second night, I said, I got it again tonight. Because I was learning and growing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters the mysteries in the Spirit. What are the mysteries? That means the secrets of heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to pray the secrets of heaven. I want to be able to pray the mysteries of God. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. In Romans 8.26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. For as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings or tongues too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When you pray in your personal prayer language, you are praying the mysteries of heaven and you are praying the perfect will of God. Is it any wonder that the enemy would try with all that he has to prevent you and I from walking in this gift of the Holy Spirit? He doesn't want us praying the mysteries of heaven. He doesn't want us praying the perfect will of the Father because the gift of tongues expands spiritual territory. Because when we pray in the Holy Ghost, people encounter God. Now, Why do I love praying in the Holy Spirit? Praying in the Holy Spirit has been something that has been inside of me and has been part of my spiritual journey all of my life. Amen. I've been praying in the Holy Spirit and, and praying in this prayer language is part of the culture of our home. It's part of the culture of our church. If you go to our offices in Fort Worth, you see on people's doors, down the hallways, little signs just says, pray in the Holy Ghost. Some people print it on their computer. Some people got it on their desk. It's just a reminder, pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Does it mean when you come into the office, people just screaming in tongues, walking around? No, it's, it, it's, it ain't like that. But what, you're, what you see is people utilizing the gift of tongues to pray the mysteries of God. And we love praying in the Holy Spirit. Number one reason is because I hear God speak to me when I speak and pray in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes when we're having a personal encounter, it's not always easy to have a daily encounter with the Lord. It's not always easy to enter into the presence of God. Sometimes there are distractions. How many of you are parents in here? Some of our distractions have names. I love my children, but sometimes it's early in the morning and it's 6 a.m. and I'm laying on my carpet and I'm trying to have a daily encounter with God and my little girl comes in and goes, good morning, daddy. She did it this morning. Can I have a Pop-Tart? It's just ungodly to ask for a Pop-Tart at 6 a.m. I said, Lord, I get up at 5.30 for my daily encounter. I can't get up earlier than that. It wouldn't matter if it was 3 a.m. Somebody would be asking for a (laughs) Pop-Tart. But sometimes a distraction that you're experiencing when you're trying to have your daily encounter is just a distraction in the spirit. There's spiritual warfare. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you feel distractions and you feel confusion and you feel like I just can't enter into the presence of God. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Because when we pray in the Holy Spirit, every other spirit has to lift. John chapter 16, verse 12. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we are prophesying the things that are to come. In 1 Corinthians 14, two it says for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God for no one understands him but he utters the mysteries in the spirit are the secrets of God the counsel our secret plan which God shares only with his people listen this is important the goal is not that you would speak in tongues The goal is that you would encounter God and hear God. For the gift of speaking in tongues is simply an outward expression of an inward transformation. And if you speak in tongues all day, but you've not allowed the Holy Spirit to change anything on the inside, it is useless to you. The Bible says that your tongues will be as clanging cymbals. It's just noise. It's useless. See, we've got a lot of people that are walking around searching for the gifts of God, but they refuse to walk in the character of God. And praying in the Holy Spirit will help you to walk and experience deliverance. Deliverance just means that we can be set free from whatever spirit binds us. We can be delivered from anxiety, delivered from depression, delivered from fear. All of these things leave when we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Deliverance is simply when every other spirit leaves. And around here, we have it on our walls. In Mercy Culture, we say, fear go, Holy Spirit come. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, these things that have gripped you must loose their hold. Now, as I was preparing for this sermon tonight, I felt in my spirit that some of us have been gripped specifically by the spirit of anxiety, anxiety and fear, and it can manifest itself through depression in many different ways, and it's actually... Just on social media yesterday looking and and, uh, an advertisement came up and it it said, if you experience any of these these symptoms, you may suffer from anxiety. And I could feel the spirit of anxiety try to jump on me through this advertisement. And it was listing things that we all do. Listing things that are normal for people to do, little nervous things or something you may wrap your fingers on the desk when you get bored. And it was saying if you struggle with these things, you may have anxiety and you're in luck because we've got a little pill that can fix that. Go see your doctor. And I could feel the spirit of anxiety trying to label us to pick up the label that I have anxiety. I wanna tell you tonight, you do not have to own anything. You don't have to own any label except for the labels that the Holy Spirit give to you. You do not have to own the label of anxiety. You don't have to own the label of depression. You don't have to own the label of fear. You can be delivered and set free from all of those things. And even as I was preparing for this message, I felt the fear of man come on me just to talk about this. Because we've actually been conditioned and taught that if somebody tells you in the house of God that you can be free from those things, that it's spiritual abuse. But we have confused spiritual abuse for spiritual leadership. Because the enemy wants you to pick up every label that he throws and wear it as a badge of honor. Listen, family, you do not have to suffer with anxiety in Jesus' name. When you begin to feel fear and you begin to feel anxiety, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and that spirit will leave because when we pray in tongues, the spirit of the Lord and the presence of God comes to us. First Corinthians 14, eight, the apostle Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. You see, the apostle Paul was a man that knew the power and the need for deliverance. I love Paul. Paul, scriptures like this, Me up because I can just see Paul. I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's boasting a little bit in his ability to speak in tongues, but Paul knew his need for the delivering power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you some advice pray in the Holy Spirit every day. Somebody say, every day. The third reason I love to pray in the Holy Spirit is because when I do, I get spiritually stronger. In Jude chapter one, verse 20, it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we build ourselves up. We are making ourselves firm on the sure foundation of faith. One commentator said this, our prayers are most likely to prevail when we pray in the Holy Ghost. Under his guidance and influence, according to the rule of his word, with faith, fervency, and earnestness. First Corinthians 14.4, it says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. The enemy wants to prevent you from praying in the Holy Ghost, because he knows that when you pray in your heavenly language, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. He knows that when you pray in your heavenly language, you build for yourself a strong house. You edify yourself Listen, speak in tongues in front of your children. Let praying in the Holy Spirit become part of the culture of your home. This morning, like I told you, it was six o'clock in the morning. My my little girl came in looking for a Pop-Tart, and I just held her and loved on her and prayed her, and we had worship music praying. I just began to pray in the Holy Spirit and pray over her and sing in the Spirit, and she didn't bat an eye. Why? Because this isn't anything new to her. It's part of the culture of our family. And our three-year-old sometimes will walk through the living room when we're worshiping and she'll just go, ba, 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 ba. She's just mimicking her mom and dad. It's a beautiful thing. Pray in the Holy Spirit in front of your children. Let it be part of their everyday lives. I want to address some frequently asked questions that people present when we talk about speaking in tongues. The first one, that I was taught when I got saved that I got all of God and didn't need any more. Do we really need anything else? Now we hear this question come up a lot because a lot of people are taught when they're saved that upon salvation, you've received everything that you need and there's nothing else that you need to search or seek for. Let me ask you in this room, how many of you have spiritually grown in the last year? Go ahead, raise your hand. How many of you feel like you've spiritually grown since you were saved? (laughs) How many, some of us are like, hey, I'm putting my both hands and my feet up. How many of you have spiritually grown just since you've been at Mercy Culture? I hope that we are continuously spiritually growing because we have never received all of God. Let me get this straight. We've got the Bible describes angels that encircle the throne of God day and night, all of eternity, crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Every time they circle that throne, they see a new facet, a new side, a new face of God the Father, and they cry out from their spirit, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. But we believe that we received all of God at salvation, and there's nothing left for us to get. Acts chapter 19 verse 1 says that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the interior and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Say disciples. And he asked them, did you not receive the Holy Spirit when you became what? Believers. And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, Paul is traveling, and he runs into what the Bible describes as disciples and believers. So we can extrapolate from that that these people are saved. They've come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. They are walking with the Lord. Yet when he asks them if they've received the Holy Spirit, they say no. So if you, can, if you receive all of God at salvation, then why had they not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at their salvation? They said, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in verse six that it laid that the Bible says that when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. There is always there are always more ways for you to grow in the Lord. That is why having your daily encounter is so important. It's why you must encounter the Lord. It's why you have to guard your daily encounters with everything that you have. Don't let anything or anybody steal the opportunity to encounter God every day because every time we encounter the Lord, we receive a new aspect and part of God. Number two, can everyone speak in tongues? The easy answer to that is yes. Everyone can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have a prayer language or speak in tongues. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But what? Be filled with the Spirit. Listen, just because you haven't received the baptism yet doesn't mean that you can't. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 5, it says, I wish that all, say all, all of you could speak in tongues. In Matthew 21, 22, it says that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. In Matthew 7, 11, it says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is, when he talks about good gifts here, he is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ask for the, whole, for the gift of speaking in tongues every single day. If you've yet to receive this gift, be persistent in your requests to receive it. Number three, the third frequently asked question is, don't I need an interpreter to speak in tongues? The answer to that is only for a public word in tongues that is meant for the entire congregation. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in verse 26. It says, what then shall we say, brothers, when you come together? Everyone has a psalm or a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an an interpretation. And all these must be done to build up the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at most should speak in turn and someone must interpret. Verse 28. But if there is no interpreter, he should remain silent in the church and speak only to himself and God. This is talking about someone delivering a word in a tongue that is needed to be interpreted afterwards. This is a prophetic word. This is a rare gift that we need in the house of God. But people often confuse a public word of prophecy that needs an interpretation for a personal prayer language in a public setting. So there is a public word of prophecy that Paul is talking about here. Paul was dealing with the church of Corinth, which was an out of control church. It was a church that had no order. It was a church that people were just... The equivalent would be that they were just running up on the stage and grabbing microphones and jumping on instruments and speaking out and yelling and disrupting the service and operating outside of the order of the Holy Spirit. And they were delivering words in tongues out loud in public in front of everyone without receiving an interpretation. And Paul was bringing order to it. We see in Acts chapter 2, The scripture that we read earlier, as they began to speak in tongues, God interpreted those tongues. In Acts chapter 10 and 19, there was no interpretation. Why? Because they weren't public words that needed an interpretation. In 1 Corinthians 14, 6, we say, Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will it benefit you unless, say unless, I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching. You see, Paul was saying, don't just come into a room and pray or speak in tongues. You must also accompany that with revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching. The context of 1 Corinthians As I said, it's the Apostle Paul bringing order to a zealous and out-of-control church. You see, the church in Corinth was the birthplace of church hurt. You think your old church was dysfunctional? You ain't seen nothing yet. Corinth was a dysfunctional, out-of-control church, and Paul was there to bring order. But just like Paul's discussion of women in ministry, we cannot overcorrect we can't give in to the temptation to overcorrect after Paul's correction. The key is order. Somebody say order. The key is that Paul was bringing an order to the house of God, just like in Mercy Culture. Here we we are a prophetic house. We believe that God has given to us the gift of prophecy, and we want you to operate, and you are empowered to operate in that gift. We want to see people receiving words in the parking lot and and receiving words walking up into their tent and maybe sitting in their seat and people respectfully and within order submitting those words to others. It's about bringing order. So what does that mean? It means that if me or my wife or another person is getting ready to go up on the platform and minister, you don't come and snatch and grab us and give us a word. That's out of order oh, it got quiet in this spirit-filled church. (laughs) It means that you don't run up on the platform and say, I need the microphone. God's given me a word. No, no, that's out of order. That's not how we do things. We have a culture at Mercy Culture. It is our practice to submit words in writing. So if you've got a word for this house, we ask that you email us at, Waco at Mercyculture.com. And it's just a way that we can, we can steward those prophetic words. We have them in writing. We can pray over them. We can go back and look at them. And it is a way that we do things decent and in order. Number four, how do I know what I'm saying? This is one of the biggest questions that I get when people talk about this gift of speaking in tongues. Well, how do I know what I'm saying? You don't. You don't know what you're saying. First Corinthians 14, two says, for he speaks, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one, say no one, understands him for he utters mysteries in the spirit. He utters the secrets of God. God uses the gift of tongues to restore language back to a place of purity. We see what happens when people unify around the wrong things. In Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, we see the story of Babel. And in this story, the people of God have unified around a common language. The people of the world, I'm sorry, have unified around a common language And they've unified around the purpose of expanding their own kingdom. They have unified around pride through their shared common language. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may do what? Make a name for ourselves. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing, say nothing, they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. You see, God tells us in the scripture that when we are unified around one language, there is nothing that we cannot accomplish. And the Holy Spirit took the very thing that the people of the world unified around language, a common language. They unified around that language to build a city and a tower for themselves. They unified to exalt themselves in pride. But the Holy Spirit took that very thing and redeemed it in the book of Acts and turned the language that they use to build pride into the very tool that God would use to build his kingdom. We see the Holy Spirit prophesy Acts chapter 2 in Zephaniah 3.9. For then I will restore to the people a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. God has redeemed the language of man to expand and advance his kingdom. Number five, does the Holy Spirit move my mouth? This is a common misconception. People struggle with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues because they think that the Holy Spirit is going to come down and move their mouth for them. In this Pentecostal denomination I grew up in, there's an old joke. It says when you go down to receive the Holy Spirit, you got an old lady in one ear telling you to hold on and an old lady in the other ear telling you to let go. <laughs> you don't know what to do. And a lot of people, when they're asking for the gift of the Spirit, they say, Lord, I want to receive the batches of the Holy Spirit. And then they stand there like this. Just clenched jaw. I refuse to move. The Holy Spirit's going to have to come down and move my mouth and move my tongue. But we must come into agreement with this gift and participate. Just like Peter had to step out of the boat when Jesus called him to walk out on the water, he had to activate the faith in the word of God with a step onto the water. So after practical advice, after you have asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit, just begin to tell Jesus how much you love him. Just tell the Lord, I love you. I worship you. You're worthy. Just open your mouth and start to participate in the request that you've given to the Lord because total surrender to God brings total fellowship. Worship team, you can come on up. There's a warning here. Whenever you receive the gift of tongues and you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, the enemy will lie to you and tell you that you're making up the words that you're saying. Just continue to yield to the Holy Spirit and silence the voice of the enemy. Let's go back to our story in Mark chapter 1. The story in Mark 1, we, we see John the Baptist Again, to hear the story of John prophesying the coming of Jesus. John says that he baptizes Jesus in water, but Jesus is coming to baptize us in, this, in the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, John the Baptist was a prophet. John was known for telling people things that they didn't want to hear. <laughs> That's what prophets tend to do. When the people rejoice, the prophet weeps, and when the people weep, the prophets rejoice. John was telling people what they didn't want to hear. Let me tell you something. If you've got somebody in your life that is a self-professed prophet that only tells people what gets them excited and what they want to hear, they're not a prophet. He was preparing the way for Jesus. He was calling people to repentance. John's mother, Elizabeth, was a relative to Jesus' mother, Mary. He is foretelling or prophesying the encounter with the Holy Spirit. We see in Luke chapter 1, verse 15. The Holy Spirit is saying to Elizabeth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Sort of obliterates the argument, my body, my choice, doesn't it? I said it sort of obliterates the argument, my body, my choice, doesn't it? The Bible says that even from his mother's womb, he would baptize him in the Holy Spirit. I just want to take just a quick moment to say, if your heart is conflicted today with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you need to ask for the heart of the Father. Because the heart of the Father is never conflicted when the most innocent among us are saved. Luke chapter one goes on in verse 39, it says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah to greet her cousin Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt within her room, womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. The baby in her womb had a quick movement or an expansion. We see in Mark chapter one, verse five, that all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him, John and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Watch, Elizabeth encountered the Holy Spirit. And when she did, John was filled with the Holy Spirit in her womb. And people from all over the country came to hear about the coming of the one who will baptize them in the Holy Spirit, why? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit expanded spiritual territory. God wants to impart to us the gift of speaking in tongues. Why? Not so that we can pray in a secret language. It's not so that we can brag and and tell others that we're holier than them or we've reached a new level of spirituality. No, he wants to give us the gift of speaking in tongues so that we can expand spiritual territory. He wants to impart to us the gift of speaking in tongues so that we can build ourselves up in the most holy faith, so that we can experience deliverance in our lives, deliverance from fear, deliverance from anxiety, deliverance from depression, deliverance from the spirit of infirmity. God wants to deliver us, and he wants to give us this gift. Everybody, if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes tonight. have the gift of, of the gift of speaking in tongues if you would just begin to pray in your heavenly language.. Come on, just begin to stir up the spirit inside of you. Come on! I fear I feel anxiety breaking off of people as you pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on! I feel fear breaking off of people today as we pray in the Holy Spirit.
1: God, drive out every fear and anxiety and depression off of your people right now in the name of Jesus. We pray. Anxiety, you will no longer grip the sons and daughters of God in Jesus' name.
0: I felt that tonight the Lord was going to impart to some of you a desire for this gift that you may have never had before. I believe there are some people in this room that have been seeking the gift of the Holy Spirit for weeks or months or even years, and tonight God is going to give it to you. And for others, you have rejected this gift, not because of an impure or evil heart, but because you didn't have an understanding of what the gift of speaking in other tongues was. I believe God is imparting a hunger and a desire for this gift tonight. And I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands. I'm not going to ask you to draw attention to yourself. I'm going to ask you simply to ask the Lord, would you give me the gift of speaking in tongues? Would you give them, God? Would you give us the gift of various kinds of tongues? Come on, just open your mouth and tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much he means to you. Tell him how
1: holy and how worthy and how glorious he is. Father, just rain down the gifts of the Spirit tonight. Lord, I pray that you would empower and equip your people, God, to expand spiritual territory within their families, within their jobs, within this community, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing.
0: This gift is not some sort of spiritual parlor trick. This is not a spiritual magic trick. No, 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 The gift of praying in the Holy Spirit takes authority over every spirit. I saw you as I was praying for you this week. I saw some of you walking into your place of business, to your jobs where you just felt something was off maybe even into a meeting with a boss or with a co-worker and you felt something was off in your spirit and you haven't been able to discern exactly what it is but you know something doesn't feel right and you feel a lack of peace and God reminded you of the power of praying in tongues and just under your breath you begin to pray on the Holy Spirit You go to your cubicle and you begin praying in the Holy Spirit. You go to your office, you begin praying in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you go to a restroom or to the break room and just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God will take authority in that place of business and shift the Spirit in that place. So others of you that have been dealing with the lack of peace in your home... And you left this service tonight and went into your home and began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God filled your home and brought peace into your home that passes all understanding. You see, the Holy Spirit can bring peace even before the situation has changed. Nothing about your situation may have changed except now you feel peace in the middle of the storm. I saw others of you that are facing difficult decisions, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know how to progress, and you don't know how to move forward, and you began to pray in the Holy Spirit, and God imparted unto you clarity and wisdom and understanding and knowledge to make the right decisions and to follow the will and the purpose of God
1: gift of speaking in tongues will revolutionize and change your life. So God, give your people this gift tonight. Come on, just lift your hands. Family, let's press through. The gift of the Holy Spirit will not only change your life, it will change the city of Waco. What can God do a congregation of believers that refuse to give in to the spirit of the age that refuse to give in to the spirit that they fill in their city in their neighborhood, in their home in their government in their offices but they pray in the Holy Ghost the mysteries of heaven and take authority over every spirit that would rise up against the
0: spirit of God
1: Come on, family, begin to cry out!